I want to continue with my series, Faith Matters. Who believes that faith matters? I do. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But if you want to please God, we have to have faith in what he said, not what the world says. Don't believe these things what the world says. This morning we had just a little chance to listen to um, Ken Ham. And I must say, if anyone wants to know something more about him, look up on YouTube, Ken Ham, Answers in Genesis. And so I was already rejoicing this morning. Amen, hallelujah. And when I see you here, I'm even more rejoicing. Amen, hallelujah. Welcome everybody. And I do uh, rejoice in the Lord. And I want to continue with my faith matters preaching. And that goes back to Hebrews chapter 11. And I'm going to read the verse 32. And what more shall I say? For time will fail me if I tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets. I'm not going to preach about all these here the apostle was naming, but uh, I want to preach this morning on a man who became, in a way, a savior for Israel. And that is in Judges chapter 6, the verses 1 to 6. Judges 6, the verses 1 to 6. Perhaps I might read a little bit further. But let's see as we go. Then the sons of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord gave them into the hands of Midian seven years. The power of Midian prevailed against Israel because of Midian the sons of Israel made them, themselves then dense, which were in the mountains and caves and strongholds. For it was when Israel had sown that the Midianites would come up with the Amalekites and the sons of the east and go against them. So they would camp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance in Israel as well as no sheep, ox, or donkeys. For they would come up with their livestock and their tents, they would come in like a locust for number, and they and their camels were innumerable, and they came into the land to devastate it. So Israel was brought very low because of Medan, and the sons of Israel cried to the Lord, Amen. As long there's breath within you, whatever the situation might be, cry out to the Lord. 
When the Bible says here, cry out the Lord, they didn't say, well, Heavenly Father, help me. No, they were crying out. And you should come to a prayer meeting where there is crying out to the Lord, where we pray to the Lord. Hallelujah. I have seen these things from a child on, where we were crying to God. People were weeping. Others came under the power of the Holy Spirit and were praying in other tongues and speaking in other tongues as the Bible says and as the Spirit gave them utterance. I do believe in a wonderful baptism in the Holy Spirit. Can I hear an amen? Amen, hallelujah. And if anyone here looking and seeking for it, that's what the Bible says we should. Don't give up. Don't give up. The time will come. If you cry out to the Lord, and that was, was what was it again? What verse was it here? Yeah. Was it six? Verse six? Yeah. Now it came about, when the sons of Israel cried cry to the Lord on account of Miriam. And the Lord sent a prophet to the sons of Israel. And he said to them, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, It was I who brought you out or up from Egypt and brought you out from the house of slavery. I delivered you from the hands of the Egyptians and... Uh, from the hands of all your oppressors and dispossessed them before you and gave you the land. And I said to you, I am the Lord your God. You shall not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live, but you have not obeyed me thus far. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and we bless you, Lord. You revealed yourself always, Lord, whenever your people Israel were in need. Lord, of course, often through their own fault. They went away from you, did it evil in the sight of the Lord. But you, O oh Lord, called a man, in this case, Gideon, Lord. And you used him wonderfully, Lord. Here we are, and I pray this morning that we all who are here listening to this word, that we might get inspired by your spirit. Lord, that we really might seek you more and more. That we can see, Lord, the power of darkness will and must flee in the wonderful and glorious name of Jesus. So I pray, Lord, give grace to speak your word, give grace to listen to your word, and also give grace to act upon your wonderful word in the precious and glorious name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's very interesting. And we see here the apostle who wrote to the Hebrews and he wrote about and said, that's what God did. And we know in verse 6 that faith is so important. Without faith, it's absolutely un, uh, it's impossible to please God. And I want to please God. So my theme this morning is Gideon, a valiant warrior. Now the apostle 
brings us this man to attention. And he became, in a way, a savior for Israel. And this man, Gideon, we have heard many, many sermons perhaps about him. Or you might have heard recently sermons about him. A half a year ago, I think it was, or even more, my dear brother in Ireland, he preached on it, on Gideon. And I must say, he preached full of joy and the power of God. I'm not resurrecting his sermon this morning. I preached that what the Lord gave me this morning. Hallelujah. Now we see here, there were men, and interesting, in Canaan, when Israel was already in Canaan, they had more troubles in Canaan than they had in the wilderness. In the wilderness, if they had troubles, they cried out to the Lord. The Lord helped them. But here in Canaan, in the promised land, they had to stand on their feet. And they had to have faith and believe. God didn't come always like a little baby and took them by the hand. No. God wanted them to learn to fight themselves and even more, to believe God. We see Israel was brought very, very low because the Midianites were there and they waited for the harvest time. Israel did all the work during the springtime, the sowing, you know, and they were praying perhaps about rain, the early rain, the latter rain, and so on. And when the latter rain came, all of a sudden you could see a cloud somewhere in the, on the horizon. The Midianites came in huge hordes and came and cut the harvest for Israel. Not for Israel, for themselves. Israel wanted to cut the harvest for themselves, but it didn't get to it. And we see Midian was always their enemy. Now let's understand in this, the Bible says, that God gave them into the hands of the Midianites for how many years? Seven years. Now, it is not the existence of Satan that brings us trouble, is it? Oh, he, he was in Garden Eden there. It was not because of Satan. It was because of Adam didn't listen to the word of God. And that's important. It's not because of problems in this world. It's not because of Satan is there. You know this little fable. Satan was sitting on the roof of a church and people came out and he was on the church and he was crying. Somebody came out and said, what's the matter up there? And he said, the people down there in the church, they always blame me for everything that goes wrong in their life. It's not because there's a Satan in this world. Of course, Satan has the thoughts of this world, of the people, and he rules them. But no longer in our life, amen? Not no longer in our life. It's because, and the Bible says this, and it must be done very clearly. 
Israel did evil in the sight of God. That's why God gave them over. That's why he gave them over into the hands of the Midianites. Now, what's the problem nowadays? People say, oh, the devil, he has bothered me the whole week. And the Bible says what? Resist him, amen? Submit to God and resist the devil. You're not a punching bag of the devil that hangs somewhere in your living place. No. Resist him in the name of Jesus and you will have victory. What was David's greatest problem when he fell into sin? What was his pro problem? Was it that David was looking over the fence in the bathroom of a lady named Bathsheba? Was it that? No, it was because he was leisuring at home. He was not there at the front. He was leisuring at home. And if you leisure at home, your eyes will wander around. And his eyes wandered around. And we know very clearly the Bible says it, that David, he was filled with sin in his heart. He was leisuring in his palace. God hasn't given us a place to leisure. He has given us a place where we're living in this world to work for him. Hallelujah. The pleasure will come in heaven when we are working for him and he comes again and he takes us to him. Hallelujah. Now, James shows us very clearly. The apostle James in James chapter 1, verse 13 and 15. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. <clears throat> now listen to this definition of James, the apostle, and he shows into very clearly, and he shows you where it comes from. It's not because there's so much evil in this world, no. And he says, for God cannot, tempt, uh, cannot be tempted to evil, nor does he tempt anyone. And he himself does not tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is carried away. Listen, when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. That's what it is. Not God tempts you, no. God might test you as it was in Abraham's life. Testing and tempting are two different things. Do we understand it? Testing is when you go to school, every now and then you have to write a test. What is the purpose of this test? The teacher wanted to know whether you have checked it and 
It went into a brain box what he was teaching. And then he has questions, and then you should write it. Write it. And when you give the right answers, then he knows the teaching I did was okay. Even he, little John, or who his name is, he got it. And that's what the test is for. God might test us in order to find out and that we might find out. We have uh, understood what God meant. But God does not tempt anyone. And it says here, but each one is tempted when he is carried away, enticed by his own lust. And when lust has conceived, he gives, it gives birth to sin. And when sin completed, it brings forth death. We see it in Israel's life. It was not because the devil was there. No, Israel, and also here, when they were in the promised land already, and it's right what Pastor Gary often said, they had to learn to fight, to fight against the enemy. Now, we see in the life of Israel two different kinds of bondages. Can you, can you see it as well? First, there's a bondage they were born into. For instance, in Egypt. They lived there, and if they were born in Egypt, they were automatically some kind of a property of Pharaoh. And he could do with these people what he wanted. They were born into it. And so is everyone born into sin. And David says very clearly, Psalm 51, read the Psalm 51, where he repented before God. And David shows us clearly. Now we see here Israel was born into captivity or bondage. There was an Egypt. But then they also came under bondage. Why? Not born by in, or into it, by disobedience. And we see it very clearly. That's why Israel brought into captivity to Babylon. That was Judah, rather. And they had to serve there in Babylon in order to show them they couldn't hold the place God gave them. They should have worked in Israel and defended them in the name of the Lord. But that's why they went for 70 years to Babylonian captivity. That was brought on them by them Many Christians have brought problems onto themselves. That is not really a problem. It's a self-made problem. You made it. And if you turn around, and if you come to the Lord, repent of your sin, the Lord will help you. Hallelujah. And we see here very clearly, verse number 1, chapter 6, the Judges. And Israel did what? Evil in the sight of the Lord. And he gave them over. 
to the Midianites. But there was one man God called him, and his name was Gideon. And we see here, God answered their prayer. And we read in verse 8, that the Lord sent a prophet to the sons of Israel, and he said to them, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, It was I who brought you up from Egypt and brought you out from the house of slavery. In other words, God said, I delivered you from slavery, and no one else should enslave you anymore. That's why God brought us out of the world. That's why we understand. And I think Sadhu Sundar Singh, he wrote this chorus. I have decided to what? To follow Jesus. And who can say the next verse or next words? No turning back. Hallelujah. No turning back. So this must be in our heart very clearly, that we have decided to follow Jesus. Now, Gideon, he was there, and he asked himself, well, if the Lord is with us, why do we have this dilemma? If the Lord is with us, why do we have these things? The Midianites come, and they take everything away, and with the camels, innumerable, a huge horde of people came there and fell into Israel. <clears throat> now Gideon, he received the call from the Lord. You shall save Israel. I? How should it be? And he had so many reasons to say, Lord, I'm not uh, the right guy. You might have been mistaken. But the Lord did something. And that's interesting. Let's read in Judges 7, the verses 9 to 11. Now the same night it came about that the Lord said to him, Arise, go down against the camp. For I have given it into your hands. Everybody would now say, praise the Lord. God, you gave me a promise. I have given them in your hands. And now is something very interesting. Don't disregard small things. Don't do that. And now, but if you are afraid, so... Even Gideon was afraid. He said, if you are afraid to go down, go with, what does it say there? Pura. Go with Pura, your servant. Now, we know from the Old Testament, almost every prophet had a servant. And interesting, now if you read servant, and I wanted to go into a little bit deeper. What sort of servant was this Pura? Have you read anybody studied it a little bit? What sort of uh, servant was he? And I went 
into the German Menge Bible. And that says there very clearly, it says here in German, <clears throat> and I should have read it in German. The Bible calls him a boy, a knappen or a knabe or a bursche. Anybody understands that? That was German. A knappen is a boy. A bursche is a lad. You know what a lad is. What age do you put a lad into? 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 years, and then, then he becomes a young man or whatever. He said, take this young lad with you. What can he help me? If you would get someone of the great warriors in Israel, I don't know which one I should choose now. No, take this lad with you. Pura. What a wonderful name. Pura. What do you see in this word pura? What do you see? What sounds out of the word? Poor, clean. You know what it means? God will use clean vessels. Amen, amen, hallelujah. God will use clean vessels. Are you a clean vessel? Say, take this boy, poor with you. Because there was in the night and during the night, and you know, perhaps there was a forest around, I don't know. And if you would have gone at the night, and all of a sudden they stepped on a little uh, branch, would have cracked, and someone could have listened. Oh, someone is going to come. And Pura, he went along with him. And he needed him. And if something like that happened, Pura said, no, no, Gideon, I stepped on a little twig. That's why it cracked. There's nothing happening from the enemy. And so they were going. And it's important. Now this Pura, he went with him. Now, like Samuel served under Eli, how old was Samuel? Was he grown up when he served, served out or there with uh, Eli? No. We read in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 11. Then Elkanah, that was the father of Samuel, he brought him because he remembered we dedicated this Samuel to the Lord. And now the time was there. He was weaned and he brought him to Eli the priest. We read there 1 Samuel 2.11. Then Elkanah went to his house at Ramah, but the boy ministered to the Lord before Eli the priest. Pura was a kind of apprentice of Gideon. Hallelujah. It's so good if young people, even children, get taught the word of God. 
It's so important. And I remember the word of God was taught to me early in my life. And when I was 12, 13, 14 years, we had a special Bible education in our church. And it was done by the pastor. Once a week, I went, once I was only the only one. Later on, a friend of mine, he gave his life to the Lord and joined me. We went every Tuesday or whatever it was, afternoon, two or three o'clock, to the pastor. Sometimes in winter it was cold. And he didn't have a wonderful heating. Being a pastor, you know, couldn't afford great heating. And there were these uh, so-called heaters They looked like a sun. Anybody remembers them? Yes? And he put them on the table, and then we had a little bit of heat. And then he taught me the Bible. We started in Genesis 1. And I wrote down everything. And when I came to Bible college, I knew everything from a little boy, 12, 13, 40 years. Hallelujah. And we had to memorize Bible verses too. And that in German, Pastor Gary. Can you do that? Not yet. I had to do it. And all these things were in my heart. That kind of boy I see in Pura. He was always together with Gideon. And you heard of him. You heard the need they were in. And the Lord said, if you are scared, there's Pura, take him along with you. And perhaps you might ask, Pura, are you willing to come with me to the camp of the Midianites? And he might have said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Because he was his boss. And where he went, the boy went too. Hallelujah. Isn't it interesting? Jesus, when he sent out his disciples to preach the gospel where he was going to go to, he sent them out in what? Two and twos. And even after, when the apostles were around, they always went around two and two. There was Peter and John, when they went to the temple, and this man who was lame got healed. There was Peter and John. Why did the Lord do it? I think for some reason, for protection. For protection that nobody could say, I healed him. No. When these two came before the council. They didn't say, oh, well, it was actually John who did the last touch. And he shook a little bit with his hand. That's why he got healed. No. Nobody could take the glory for himself. All the glory belongs to Jesus. Amen. And if the Lord gives you a little poor up to help you, who is not perhaps of a great of a help to you, I don't know. Take him, show him what God can do through a life that is dedicated to him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Pura was an apprentice. 
perhaps Hermes this way to Gideon. I remember when I was a young pastor in Ostfriesland. Now, those from South Africa know what and where Ostfriesland is. Have you heard of the country Holland, you South Africans? Have you heard of the country in, Ger in Europe of Holland? Yes. That's where you got your Afrikaans from, from the Dutch people. And we lived there close to the Dutch border. I was a young pastor. And you know, young pastors, they wanted to convert the whole world in one go, if they could. But I had to also to, to learn things, small steps first. And we prayed. And so I got an idea from the Lord. Let's do door knocking. Yes, like the Jehovah's Witnesses. Door knocking. On a certain day, I did it. And then we had a prayer time before. And those who were there for prayer, I wanted to take into the apartment rises and big houses. And I remember on a particular day, there was only an elderly sister who could come with me. And she came with me after we had prayed. And then we went into the big apartment blocks, you know, and I rang the doorbell and then we waited. She stood next to me and I was there bait, uh, and waited. Was a while, nothing. And then I heard some kind of rustling inside. You know, you could hear somebody was going inside in that apartment. I rang again. And then a pretty angry voice came from inside. Who is there? What do you want? And then the last was, who sent you? And I said, God sent us. She came and opened the door. And there she saw us. And she saw my dear sister, Purette, let me call her. She was next to me. And there we stood. So we want to tell you something about Jesus. And she said, do you know, I was just about to commit suicide to take my life. My life has no worth anymore. My husband died. I'm alone here. And here we are. I'm with my dear sister, Purette. And she said, come in. And then we squeezed ourselves in the kitchen behind the kitchen table, and she sat in front of us, and we taught her the gospel. We led her to Jesus. Hallelujah. She came to the Lord. She got baptized, and we had in our church a 
an old people's home that was from the church. And when she was old, she was then taken up in our old people's home. Praise the Lord. Pure, are you prepared to come with me to the camp of the Midianites? If you go, I will go with you. And so they went. You wouldn't believe what sort of strength and encouragement it was for Gideon, this little boy, Pura, said, yes, Lord. Yes, Gideon. Yes, Master. I go along with you. All the prophets, most of them, read about had little puras. You understand what I mean? There was a great prophet, Elijah. And he called somebody, and his name was Elisha. And he went with him wherever he went. And he learned to trust God. When Elijah was there on the Mount Carmel, and fire fell from heaven. Hallelujah. And the whole people screamed out, Yahweh is God. Yahweh is God. Hallelujah. What a confession. God is God. Perhaps if the Lord want to use you as a little purer, Gideon needed someone. I'm not quite sure whether I heard any sermon about Pura that got into my heart when I read the story. A little boy, he went down for encouragement of this great man of God. We all heard all these wonderful things about the man of God. But there was a little Pura. He went along. And the victory came. Hallelujah. If the Lord gives you a task to do, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Perhaps the Lord sends you also a little Pura. I want to be a pure. I want to be a pure, pure. You know what I mean? Hallelujah. That's all I have to preach to you, brothers and sisters. The Lord wants you to be a vessel in his hand. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Lord, let these words I spoke be recalled in everybody's heart. Either that you will send us like you did with Gideon. And Lord, you saw that he was scared somehow. I don't know what the reason was, Lord, but you gave him a little encouragement. Whatever the encouragement is from you, Lord, I thank you for everyone, Lord, who has become an encouragement 
to me. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Yes, Pastor.